2: On the career musician today, we have Chris Figgy Figpin. That's right, this young brother is a beast of a career musician playing bass and drums, has worked with the likes of Megan Trainer, Cat Graham, the Isley brothers, and that's just to name a few. Now, when I hired him for the Cat Graham band, I had no idea. He came from a referral from our good friend Dmitry Gorodetsky, Charlie Poot's bass player. And let me tell you, thank you, Dimitri, because Figgy, as I like like to call him can lay down the groove what i really love about chris Thiggy thickpin is that he exemplifies all of the attributes of an amazing career musician after all his instagram says i play the bass then i go home that's right chris you are keeping it on lock on that bass for megan trainer we know it's all about the bass for her and many many more right here on the career musician you're not going to want to miss chris Thigpin.
0: Chris Stiggy Thinkpin, welcome to The Career Musician. Hey, hey, thank you for having me. My absolute pleasure to be here.
2: Yeah, man, so glad you could do this. And we were just talking off camera about when we first met and the gig we were doing and we were rehearsing at third encore yeah and then absolutely. you said you were rehearsing for another gig at third encore at mm-hmm. the same time and you were trying to remember which gig came first that's so funny yeah
0: because i always say because um, yeah you were the music director on yeah. um, the gig that we were rehearsing for and that's how we first met so you right. basically put me on uh to like kind of my first situation but it's, it's funny because you know i was kind of like in two situations at the same time okay but we did like a gig first so i would say that that was my first situation ah,
2: yeah. i like it man absolutely. see good 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 all right we got your your maiden
0: voyage mm-hmm. right there beautiful i love I've been that out to l.a it's been five years now five years you've been in l.a five years in l.a still not homeless so <laughs> trying to keep it up amen for that where are <laughs> you from originally Chicago. chicago absolutely
2: I swear, man, there's something in the water up there because it breeds some of the best musicians in the world. Yeah. It's like Chicago, Detroit, you know, all these areas in the, in the Midwest. And, the, and the, I guess even the Northeast and mm-hmm. the south It's just like, you know, amazing musicianship.
0: Ooh, yeah, it's it's, it's it's something different. It's mostly because of the church. Like, churches, yeah. church is huge Chicago. So, you know, every right. church you go to, is going to be some killer musicians. But yeah, it's it's kind of, it's a little bit of an unfair advantage because <laughs> you just grow up listening to, you know, amazing music all the time, like anywhere you go. Like, when I was coming up, my pops, he was a musician. That's
2: right. So he was
0: always, you know, had like the baddest cats around him. So I grew up, you know, I'm just... Like I grew up listening to like all the cats that are out right here now. So like, you know, um, Teddy Campbell, JJ Smith, uh, yep. Calvin Rogers, Rex Hardy, uh Swole, yeah. like all of the reach uh, I think I've already said much Richard already. Yeah. Uh, so I grew up listening to those guys and I just thought that's how music is supposed to sound. Yeah. Like as a kid, I just thought like, okay, well if it doesn't sound like that, then it's not music. I I had no clue that these are like some of the best musicians in the world. Right. I just thought, all right. oh, this is normal But it's not normal, you, you know, figure that out later That's so funny, there's a
2: lot to unpack there But before we do, I worked with Swole on the 2005 American Idol tour. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Swole's the man Yeah, Swole's the man. is he out here, is he back in Detroit now? No,
0: Swole, Swole's is, uh, he, he lives in Chicago He lives in Chicago, but you yeah. know, he's still doing yeah.
2: his yeah. name He's still
0: like, always running around everywhere yeah, great dude Absolutely um, And that's the other thing too, like, uh, for me, a huge advantage is... Uh, just because of being there in Chicago and then my pops and everything, I got to spend time around all of these guys. So like, like Sharae, mm-hmm. he's one of like my, you know, favorites of all time, I've right. so much from him. But a lot of people have like their favorite musicians to listen to mm-hmm. or learn from, mm-hmm. but I got the opportunity to not only listen to them and learn from them, but I got to be around them and ask them questions. Right. And I'd ask them 30,000 questions and all of them, they were always like super nice about it. Yeah. They never, they weren't like irritated. They just like, they really liked uh, just helping me out, giving me advice and stuff from like you know the kids who are older. So yeah, Charade, B.J. Edwards, another great one. Mm. Um, uh, Donald Alfred Jr. Yeah. Like yeah, Maurice Fitzgerald, all of those guys. Like oh, I got to, yeah, Mo Fitz, man. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, like I said, it's it's I'm really blessed in that aspect. I think that's a huge reason why I've been able to do what I've been able to do. Just been around those guys.
2: I think it's so important. Something that me and you know my peers and colleagues talk about all the time. And I know this is what you're saying basically. The higher up. The talent ladder you go, the more talented, uh, you know, pool of musicians that you're working with, typically the more humble, you know, the more humility exuded. If you think about the greats like Herbie Hancock and Chick Career and Wayne Shorter and, you know, Greg Filling and all these cats, they're so humble and they're so willing to share. They're an open book. Mm-hmm. And that's so important. Absolutely. you know. Uh, something else that you want to talk First of all, your dad. Man, I loved your father. God rest him so, so Thank you. Yeah, my, my deepest cons- condolences again, you, of course. I lost my dad last year, so I can totally relate. Oh, man, I'm so sorry. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, I know. We both lost our pops be- before they should have been yeah. gone, you know? Yeah, and- I'm sorry. I didn't know that. Oh, sorry. thank you. Thank you. Um another thing i want to say is i met your dad on a cruise uh, yeah and yeah i remember that. tom <laughs> jorner one of those <laughs> tom jorner uh, soul cruises yep. uh, i was working with babyface yep. and he was with the Isley brothers <laughs> and it's so funny because i remember talking to him and i could see it clear as day we were on the upper deck outside in the beautiful caribbean you know sailing on the ocean and we just started talking and I said, man, I love your son. And it was just so good to connect with him, you know. And he was such a proud dad. That was uh, awesome. Yeah. And uh, now he's been, he was with the Isley Brothers for mm-hmm. a long time. Yep. How many years do you, do you know offhand?
0: Whew, offhand, I'm not sure exactly. But I know it was probably at least like, probably like three mm-hmm. Probably three or four years, I think. Oh, okay. Probably.
2: I thought it was a little longer than that. Okay. Yeah, it was, yeah.
0: Uh, yeah, okay. it was like, yeah, about three or four years he was with him.
2: But like you said, you learned so much from him being in the, in the scene. Mm-hmm. And he was a drummer primarily, right? No, he was a
0: keyboard player. He was actually. a keyboard yeah. player. It's funny. Okay. He actually he used to play for Babyface. Mm-hmm.
2: That's what it was. That's 90s. how we started talking. Yeah. You're absolutely right. In the
0: '90s, you played for uh, Babyface. Okay, yeah, he's on tour with him. Like that's like, like a huge one Like yeah,
2: so cool. I remember that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Because actually, Face gave me those DVDs to put together the new show mm-hmm. yeah, based yeah. on the '90s show that yep. he was doing. Yeah. yeah, he was there. That's so awesome. I, I man, I I haven't seen those. I have to check that out. But okay, so one of the things I want to talk about again, like you said, that area so heavily church driven mm-hmm. gospel music is some of the richest music out there it's so musically dense mm-hmm. right it's just so many layers and and knowledge and things to pull from and it, it pulls from a lot of different things from jazz to you know blues and all this other stuff so it's an amalgamation right yeah what is your take on gospel music and how you came up and you know the learning process and how you discovered it all
0: Uh, So it's actually interesting. I feel like we generally have like a kind of an opposite experience uh, as far as gospel music because it is it is like a lot and it can be dense and whatnot but that's what we grow up listening to first in church. So literally like from a baby to a little kid to everything like you go to church every Sunday and especially like you know certain parts of Chicago you go to church more than just Sunday so you're there all the time. It's the first kind of music that you hear. And so it's just it's what you become accustomed to. It's innately in you. Yeah. yeah. And what actually ends up happening is a lot of times we actually need to learn how to simplify when we start getting into other ventures basically. So like the older I got, right. the more I started getting into music and whatnot, trying to actually do it professionally, you actually have to learn how to kinda dial it back how to yeah. rein it in you know and not be so dense. unless the music calls for that basically but you that's know right. a lot of pop stuff a lot of you know country stuff and other stuff like that like you're not gonna be able to do all of that and it's, it's not what the music calls for yeah. so that's actually yeah I like I said I've always had people around me that um mm-hmm. uh, just were great people and for really no other reason than they just knew they could help me they yeah. just they would really look out for me and just tell me stuff and give me advice and they they they'd pull me aside and be like hey you know hey little homie like playing too many notes or <laughs> you're doing too much or you know you're too loud or that's that's not really the vibe here yada 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 you know never never mean but okay. straight I'm I'm a straight person, so I always appreciate people are straight with me. But I always like that about you. Yeah, they didn't they didn't have to say nothing, and right. they did. They took me aside and it was like, all right, hey, little homie, like you know, you doing too much or yada yada. This ain't this ain't church or whatever. Yeah. So um, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. It's you're picking up what they're putting down immediately without without having
0: to like spell it out. Most of the time, immediately. Right? Did you some, show some attitude in the beginning? No, <laughs> actually, I I never show attitude. Cause, okay, I mean, that's you don't just, seem like that. Yeah,
2: no, yeah. I mean that's dumb. Like yeah, how
0: yeah. how you. How somebody who's in a position that I want to be, ah, how they're going okay. to tell me something and I'm going to have an attitude like they don't know what they're talking about.
2: I'm sorry, you could repeat that like 10,000 <laughs>
0: times. That is very wise. Yeah, I've never understood that. It's yeah. like, okay, I'm over here not doing what they're doing, which is what I want to do. They are doing what I want to do. And they've yeah. been where I've been. So if they're telling me something, especially since anybody's coming up to you, well, people do do that. Yeah. But that's not the vibe here. Like right. they're not being yeah. mean. Like right. they see right. something, right. they point it out because they know that it can help or it's something that they had to deal with and maybe nobody told them. That's so right. yeah, I I I see that a lot of time with like young cats. I mean, I'm a young cat, but I see that with young yeah, yeah, cats yeah, yeah. like today who, you know, they wanna have an attitude or don't listen to something like that. And I get you it, know, there's like a generational gap sometimes, but still uh-huh. like Maybe they know what they're talking about, exactly. since, since they're literally in the position that you want to be. It.
2: That's right. That's right. <laughs> that's so funny, and anybody who has kids can relate to that. <laughs> like, I tell my, we tell our daughter all the time. It's like, you know, your parents know stuff. <laughs> We've done stuff. You know what I mean? So it's a, that's a great uh, metaphor, but I, I like the way you frame it. And it's very smart because it's kept you working. Now, uh, just some of the credits. I know uh, Megan Trainor, mm-hmm. uh, RZA, who else? Uh, Riza,
0: actually the Isley Brothers. Oh, the Isley Brothers, <laughs> that's yeah, right. Yeah, that's I did right. the Isley Brothers a bit. Um, yeah, uh, so yeah, you said uh, <laughs> <laughs> Megan Trainor, uh, Cat Graham. Cat Graham, right. Isley um, <laughs> uh, Brothers, <laughs> RZA, uh, Aletta Adams, oh, that's Ruben right. Stutter, Melissa Manchester, John Cicada. Uh, well,
2: oh, there was somebody else that you worked with because uh, I worked with Alita. I'm actually working on a song right now with her. Oh, uh,
0: Yo, okay. She's she's Real quick, incredible, isn't she? Yo, okay. I'm I'm not like a I'm not a starstruck person because yeah, 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 it's okay. like one they're people. Yeah, yeah. yeah Two, we see them all the time. Of course, yeah. But. When I was working with her, it was doing this uh, colors of Christmas production uh, some years ago, and I always, always thought she was great and loved her music. Yeah. But uh, getting to work with her throughout like this process that we were doing, seeing her play and Mm. and sing and just how she was and coming, I I became starstruck by her. Wow. She's one of my. Favorite people, I think I've ever met in my yeah. entire life. She's just incredible, like uh, musician-wise, yeah. personally-wise. She's so cool. Yeah, yeah. Humble. Yeah, like, sweet. Yeah. Again,
2: the more talented, the more humility exists. That is true.
0: Yeah, I mean, but yeah. You know, she was. Yeah, incredible. Yeah, she was incredible. Um, I've also done like uh, Broadway stuff as well. Um, that's some right. Some Broadway productions, some tours, and whatnot. Uh, work with someone called like Chris Mann. Uh, chris man i worked with him as well no nice that's i, I knew that there's a couple names on your
2: resume mm-hmm. that we had done before. yeah chris man he's great yeah amazing great, great guy, guy. hilarious yes. too yeah
0: he is and uh yeah then i've toured with uh motown the musical and i toured with the color purple the revival of that and i've also done like kinky boots with the pantages and some wow. other stuff as well so that's awesome
2: so you've had some some great experience across the board mm-hmm. nice diversified Portfolio, yeah. <laughs>
0: I've also worked at uh, Disneyland quite a few times as well. Oh, wow. I was like the Disneyland All American College band in 2013. Okay, so that was like actually a big turning point for me. Um, but yeah,
2: yeah, well, let's let's talk about it, let's trace that trajectory for, uh, of growth. Okay, mm-hmm. so you start in 2013, roughly like you said, at Disneyland, very corporate, uh, very strict protocols mm-hmm. that you have to adhere to. Right. Uh, probably not the greatest pay, I'm assuming. Oh, uh, yeah. we were in college. And so yeah. So it's just OK. It was
0: great for college. Yeah. Right, right, <laughs> right. For a college student. But it's a
2: great way to start. It's mm-hmm. a great way to cut your teeth. Mm-hmm. And then so t- talk about that, you know, let's just start there. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So I think the biggest thing that the the two biggest things that the Disney band did for me, um, it's, it's so it's like an all star band. Basically, they okay. go around the country for like three months and they audition like you know still undergrad and grad students from all over the country okay, so you're at 19 20 21 <laughs> years uh, old pretty this young. is between uh well so it's undergrad and grad okay so it could be anywhere between 18 to like 30 or somebody okay was. i don't know but they probably don't probably like yeah, 18 and okay. like 25 there you go. probably yeah. Yeah, yeah. um yeah i think they said that year they auditioned like I don't know, 900, 1,000 students, something like that. Wow. And uh, they choose 21, basically. And you were one of the And obviously 21. only one, yeah, only one bass player. Um, Incredible, dude. So that year, um, I got in that band. I think one of the biggest things it did for me is it actually gave me some kind of perspective of um, where I was at musically. Yeah. I didn't really have a grasp on that. I like I thought I was good, Okay. but I was still always looking at, again like my music idols that were ahead of me so i knew i wasn't as good as them. and again i was always like well if it don't sound like that then it's not music so i didn't really get that but being part of that band and then seeing the talent that i was surrounded by um it gave me more perspective of like where i stand musically it's not a matter of comparing but it is a matter of me knowing like hey you worked hard. You can do this. You have this talent. You can do this. Mm-hmm. Like for real, for real. Like
2: you had to reassure yourself.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And then the other biggest thing it did for me was it was a real challenge, like a real, real challenge. Because again, this is like some of the best musicians in the country mm-hmm. in okay. college, and being around all those guys uh, and the director, Ron McCurdy, great guy. He did a lot mm-hmm. for me. Um, they really challenged me they really pushed me I really saw like how hard these other guys work and just how dedicated they were and how serious they took it and it helped me raise my game to like another level of preparation and all kind of stuff like that and they were fast like the band, it was fast. They'd come in, like, and it wasn't like the stuff we do at school, at my school, where it's like, oh, take this chart, and yada, 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 rehearse it for, like, a week or two. and yeah. they'd do No, they bring in, like, difficult charts. Mm-hmm. Having, like, guest artists come in, and you got to read them down. We got to do this in an hour, and then we could That's perform right. it. So it was, know. like, it was Fast,
2: it was quick. But see that frame right there—that that, that workflow—is exactly what you're gonna get mm-hmm. in the real world, exactly. in the real workplace environment. If you think what you just described, that's exactly how a Ricky Minor date mm-hmm. Exactly. When you're performing for the Emmys or the Grammys or whatever, you get the charts right there. You you know seven o'clock, call, seven a.m. call. Mm-hmm. You you know the first note is being played seven o five. Right. Seven thirty, the guest artist comes on. 8 o'clock, you're done, and then you, you know, you perform it that night, mm-hmm. you know, so it's, and, and you'll do that for 15 artists. Yeah, absolutely. You know? it's, yeah, it's, it's wow, fast. right? So that's good. They're prepping you for
0: that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it was, it was a whole different workflow, and they really pushed me, and I really had to, like, actually, it was a challenge. I had to actually put in the work. And get myself up to that level to be able to, you know, function in that band. Right.
2: And what kind of repertoire were they doing?
0: Uh, we did a lot of heavy. It was a lot of jazz, obviously, like a right. big jazz band. Um, a big band so, type yeah, stuff. Yeah, a lot of big band type stuff, a lot of funk stuff, or whatever. Oh, cool. Some yeah. pop stuff here and there, okay. but mostly like jazz, big band, funk, big band stuff. But okay. it, yeah, it was, it was heavy. That band was, that band was crazy. Those guys were talented and. Yeah, it was heavy. It was probably one of the greatest times of my life, honestly.
2: That's awesome. And I bet you it really
0: uh, uh, built up your reading chops. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That's incredible. Everything had to to get stepped up like crazy. Yeah. Honestly, if it wasn't for my... uh, So, one of my mentors, um, Chuck Webb, he's a professor. He is a professor still at Columbia College, Chicago. He's like half the reason I went to that school in the first place. But he... He's done an incredible amount for me. I not know, I know he, Chuck. What a great guy. Oh, Chuck, yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I did Chuck. a gig
2: with him in Chicago. Yeah, um, at a church, several years ago. Yeah, yeah, he's the man. I call
0: him OG. Yeah. But uh, not only did he, uh, like kind of prepare me and like push me to another level, but once he like prepared me and once I was prepared, yeah, he started like putting me on the stuff, like putting oh, me on opportunities great, and stuff man. for him and whatnot. And um, once he, you know, knew that I could handle it. Yeah. And, but he was the main reason why I ended up getting my reading chops So I could read, mm-hmm. but I could, like, read. But I wasn't, like, that type of, you know, put something in front of me that's difficult. Yeah. And I'm going to read it down. So he yeah. just, he was like, yo, get this James, James Jameson transcription book. Ooh. He was like, read it down. He was like, every week, you got to come back with a new James Jameson transcription Like, have it down every week. And that, you already know how that goes. Oh. So, yeah, in the matter of it's- months, like, my reading. Definitely, like dramatically, got a whole lot better. And when we got to the Disney band, I had another level of reading to be able to get to.
1: Hey, Pantheon listeners, Christian Swain here. You caught me just finishing up some editing on Getting Real with John and Beth. I want to share my first experience with Factor Meals for you. I think you'll find this interesting because I bet the same thing happens to you. 50 to get 50% off that's factormeals.com slash pantheon50 and use the code pantheon50 to get 50% off
2: that's incredible i love Jamerson, man james Jameson was like the perfect uh uh blending Mm -hmm. of jazz into soul music right into Mm -hmm. r&b so beautiful the way he seamlessly did that and Mm -hmm. that's like his sound all to his own Mm -hmm. it's i mean he's the man he created that yeah absolutely right incredible okay so so you're in that band for a couple of years you're really bringing up yeah that was actually just a summer just a summer you mm-hmm. brought up your chops yep. but you're out here
0: no I LA. Uh, yeah for that band i was out here yeah okay and then once it was finished i went back to went you know, back chicago back. to finish school
2: and then what brought you out
0: here i always knew i was coming out to you're l.a coming back. since i was i think mean, since i was 18 i knew okay. i was coming up here you. i was in the car with my dad we were in chicago and they yeah. were getting ready to Going tour with somebody, I don't, I don't remember who. Yeah, but my dad was the music director for the tour, mm-hmm. and uh, most of the band was from Chicago, uh-huh. but they were rehearsing in Los Angeles mm-hmm. because of the artists were based out of. Mm. So I'm in the car with my dad, and he was talking to somebody talking about budget cuts you know somebody <laughs> somebody ended up making budget cuts and i'm sorry so, would you say yeah i've never heard that term before. exactly <laughs> yeah. so somebody ended up making budget cuts and yeah, they yeah. had to like find ways to save money and it was like yo, we gotta do something with the band yeah and he was like all right well like if we have to like we can just get a bass player and a drummer from l.a uh-huh. that way you don't have to pay for flights and pay for hotels that's right and it was like all right bet we got to do that and i he got on the phone and i was like i was like yo did that bass player and drummer just lose their job because they didn't live in los angeles yeah. he was like yes yeah, son yeah. gotta make budget cuts and i was like all right uh out of all the reasons for me not to get a gig, that, that's not gonna be one. Of them. I'm moving to LA. Yeah, so that's precisely the moment that I decided I was moving. Good LA. for you, man. Yeah. Good for, you. and that
2: story is so true to life. <laughs> for those listening, if you aren't hip, if you haven't gotten out there yet, and you're just starting your career, listen. If there, if you hear nothing else, hear that budget cuts are legit. Mm-hmm. You will lose the gig if you are serious about being a career musician and you want to do that and this is what you want to do you want to get on the road you want to get on sessions move out here there's no excuse and don't be one of those cats that stays home and talks to your LA people and be like yo put me on man hook me up Mm when the auditions are happening No. if you can't sacrifice like I did right and Mm -hmm. come out here and make it happen then why am I going to Make it easy for you.
0: Yeah, it's it's not like how it used to be. Like when my pops was coming up, um, it's not as it's not as simple anymore. As far as like you know, there's yeah. not the, the, there's not the same amount of money that's in, so they're yeah. not able to always fly people out and hotels yeah. and things like that. So, a lot of the stuff is here in L.A. It's not to say that you can't work if you're somewhere else. That's not the case at all. But is you got to work harder and it's it's probably gonna be more difficult. But this is definitely like the mecca of entertainment. So, that's right. Yeah, I just I just wanted to make sure I gave myself. Every opportunity possible. Good for you. To you know to yeah. work basically and yeah. do what I love right. to do.
2: So then at that point you are out you moved out here mm-hmm. and came from. Well, actually,
0: yeah, I did cruise ships for two years, like right before cruise that. ships.
2: Ah, mm-hmm. I've done cruise ships. Did you?
0: Ugh. Yeah, we done a lot of stuff. Was those, yeah,
2: those are tough, man. Yeah, cruise ships, I mean, and you have
0: to be young. Oh yeah, you. Uh, I did
2: yeah. it when I was young as
0: well. Yeah, I do not recommend doing it if you're not young. Yeah, I did it straight out of college.
2: Oh, that's actually the perfect gig for that.
0: Yeah, straight out of college. It taught me how to work and taught me how to work every day. Yeah, taught me how to take care of stamina, yep. take care of myself and be responsible, things like that. Along with just other ridiculous great experiences. Not
2: going to the crew bar every night and getting blasted. Yeah.
0: Like that's so important. It is. You can <laughs> see people do, yeah. Me personally, I don't actually drink. So okay, that yeah, wasn't yeah. really a problem for me. Yeah. But. Uh, you yeah, I saw people become see. I saw people become legit alcoholics on cruise ships. Yeah, um, yeah, it's yeah, it it's a stir whatever. crazy
2: environment, mm-hmm. much like the pandemic when you're locked up in mm-hmm. one little confined space. Yeah, you, you with a roommate with a roommate. <laughs> yeah, so that's even worse. Yeah, you know, it's it's actually licensed to eat and drink yourself into oblivion. Right? Mm-hmm. So if you're not careful, you can gain mad right. weight. Oh, yeah. and have poor habits. Yeah, right?
0: I say the cruise ship is the cruise ship is the easiest place to easily do whatever you want to do right. so if you want to learn a new language and you want to lose weight and you want to pick up new new skills there you go. super easy to do that yep. but it's also super easy to gain a bunch of weight <laughs> become an alcoholic spend all your money <laughs> you it's super go. easy <laughs> I've seen it both it's super easy that's right
2: that's right it's good advice all right so the cruise ships then what happened
0: then i yeah I came uh, so I knew I was going to move to L.A., but I didn't know exactly when. I was, a, they put me as a, I ended up in a music director on a ship in Texas. Good for you. And then they transferred me, like kind of last minute, to a ship in Long Beach to be the music director there. Oh,
2: that's a perfect opportunity.
0: Yeah, so, yeah, I was a music director and playing drums on the ship in Long Beach. And literally, we signed off of that ship. I had a plane ticket. For, they had a plane ticket for me and you know the bus to go back to the airport back to chicago yeah i had my suitcase with me i had my base i had like pretty much 80 percent of my belongings so yeah i ended up just instead of taking that plane ticket home i just took a uber to north hollywood and stayed in the hotel Got a car the next day. Right? Yo, Got and that was for you. Yeah, that was me moving to Los Angeles. Okay, that was, okay. That was five years
2: ago. That was five years ago. First of all, good for you. Let's unpack that step by step because mm-hmm. if there ever was a textbook way to make that move, mm-hmm. you just you defined it. <laughs> you, you epitomized it. Yeah. So okay, because for for those who say, man, it's hard to get to LA. I don't have the money, blah blah. blah. Try to get some kind of other gig mm-hmm. where you can save money. Mm-hmm. And let that be your, your launch pad, right? Absolutely. That's a brilliant move, bro. Yeah,
0: it was uh, It worked out. I don't know what was going to happen exactly that way because it was right. kind of... Yeah, it wasn't planned out like that from the beginning. It was my plan to save money, but I didn't know about the whole being in California on the ship. Yeah, I just, like I said, I had my stuff. I knew... Uh, Shout out to my guy, okay. big homie JJ Smith. There you go. Uh, Done a lot for me. Always tell me. I'll give me advice, but he always told me, he's like, you come to LA, you trying to do music North Hollywood. North,
1: that's, oh, that's right. You,
0: that's yeah. where you got to start. Best
2: advice, man. Mm-hmm. I always say that yep. Yep. North Hollywood. All the studios are here. Mm-hmm. All the rehearsal spots, and freaking half of the musicians Ooh. in LA. Absolutely. In North Hollywood. Absolutely. At least. So I went. More. Yep. Went yeah. straight
0: to North Hollywood, and uh, yeah, just start hitting the grind, ne-
2: networking. So okay, so you saved money on the ship, mm-hmm. right? And then you said you got an apartment the next day. Yeah, I got an apartment probably like three days. A couple days after. Mm-hmm. You got a car. Yep. With the money you saved, you were able to do this stuff. Yeah, I didn't buy everything out front. Like you right, got the right, right. you know you put but, yeah, money the down, money that I saved. You get a absolutely. security deposit, mm-hmm. you, you know, you lease a car, you rent, rent right. whatever. You you know, you know. Yep. Okay. That is so perfect. So again, if there ever was a model for young musicians coming out here cruise ships are a great way to do it or any kind of gig so if you have a touring mm-hmm. uh, uh, play right yeah which I want to talk about as well oh, yeah. great ways to save money because the key factor is you don't have overhead you have no apartment or home that you're paying for when you're out doing these gigs right right that's the key element yes because LA is
0: expensive expensive as hell I would say my pops, he told me, he was like, You need to get a plan together. You need like X amount of money. So yeah. I basically was saying that I needed, uh, mm-hmm. I I said I needed to do like $10,000 okay. basically. And again, like, you're going to need some type of gig for that. So that I did the cruise ships yeah. for that. Um,
2: I would say, it, even if you can, go 20, double it.
0: I, go as much as you can. Go as much <laughs> as you can. <laughs> like,
2: there's no limit. Yeah. But if you can get to 15, 20, 20 is even going to help. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, my
0: plan was. Yeah. Uh, I had a pretty aggressive plan, I guess. My plan okay. was make enough, get enough money, I can move to Los Angeles, and I cannot make a dime for three months. Okay. So basically, for three months, like I don't, I don't have to make a dime, and I can fully support myself. Right. And I gave myself three months to hit the scene, it's, and I was hitting it hard. I'm talk about, about that. Now. I, oh man, I'm yeah. telling you. First of all, I was about it. I was at every. Jam session every like, jam session. every single one like all the gigs all the jam sessions like I was everywhere like how did you find out about it? I was asking all the homies whenever yeah. I go to a jam I'd ask everybody at that jam like hey yeah. where's the other gyms spots I made a list Like I had, I had a list of every yes. jam for every day of the week and what time and where it was like I made oh. a list and I was there I was there because I mean there's nothing else you had nothing that's, to do that's methodical man that's being business Yeah that right? was the whole purpose of me moving to LA so yes yeah, I had um had a list of the jam sessions. Hit them up, hit them up every week. I went there and I played and did what I could. And you know, I can play. Like, right. So you're a badass. Come on. Oh, dude. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. I, I can play. So you ended up. It's a grind, but you know, eventually you end up meeting somebody. And I, I think I kind of want to do is a lot of people think that. You come to L.A. and like going to a jam session, it's like they think that that's the connect to like a major two. <laughs> and it's not really that simple. I thought that too. No. It can happen, yeah. but it's super duper rare. It it's not that simple. Time. What What is more likely is you go to the jam, you network, you meet people. Mm-hmm. And through going to the jam and doing your thing and, you know, people noticing you, if you, you know, got skills and stuff like that um they'll put you they'll call you for like a gig in town a local gig, a local gig. Right. you know or somebody needs a sub for something they'll call you up to suffer that's right and then through those local gigs you meet other people who are gigging and you just Dude. keep building network that way but you're that's really how you'll end up getting connected and also yeah okay we also we all want a major tour mm-hmm. and that's great yeah but mm-hmm there is more to being a working musician than just being on a major tour. Like, you, yeah. you want to work. So that's the point. You, you can work literally in Los Angeles. That's it doesn't true. have to be like a major thing. You can make good money without a major tour. And yeah, you do want to do a major tour because major tours are awesome. Right. But um people do think that it's just like go to a jam session, kill the jam session, boom, Rihanna's gonna call you right there. <laughs> And that's not really necessarily how it works. Um,
2: exactly. But
0: yeah, I was hitting up, uh, I knew a couple homies out here from Chicago. Yeah. Hit up my guy, uh, Chris Johnson, and I was oh, like, yo. Chris Johnson? Yeah, Love we went to college man. together in Northern. Really? Yeah, so I hit him up and I was like, hey, uh, where should I go? And he actually, so this is funny, because this is full circle. Chris Johnson was like, oh, you should go here, but you really should talk to this one cat, um, Dimitri. Ah. Dimitri. I'm uh, so glad you brought that up. Oh, oh there's no way yeah, I was going to ring up Dimitri. Yeah. So he was like, so you should know Dimitri. I didn't know Dimitri. I didn't know Dimitri. I know who he was. Hit him up on Facebook. Was like, hey, you don't know me. I'm Chris. My guy told me I should hit you up. And then I just went to LA. And from the get-go, Dimitri was just like, oh yeah man welcome to la like yeah, yeah. man you gotta have these spots and like here come through to this jam session i'll be up there and we'll we'll wrap yeah. and literally from there <laughs> like dimitri has just always 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 been big bro big homie i love that looking out i mean looking out like crazy yeah. um that's how we met right I think you called Well Dimitri, that's how I met Because yeah. Dimitri You called Dimitri for something For a gig And, and Dimitri was like it. You need to put Little homie on Yep, yep. And yeah Dimitri, I tell Dimitri all the time Yeah He's probably responsible For in, in some way Form or fashion yeah. He's probably responsible For like 40-35% Of the work That I've done Los Angeles. There you go
2: That's a beautiful thing Whether it be recommendations Or
0: he can't make it Or whatever And I
2: that's mean. how it should be man yeah. We should look out For one another mm-hmm. As a community Instead of trying to cut each other off at the pass yep. you know we shouldn't be in competition mm-hmm. We sh- there's enough to go around if you're cool with if you're cool you take
0: care of your business and you know right. obviously I mean that's obviously right. Dimitri's doing freaking great he's doing great <laughs> because Absolutely. he he take care of his business but also right. he's a great guy he's mm-hmm. a great player that's right unbelievable professional and yep. everybody loves Dimitri yep. you can't you can't bring up Dimitri right, and right. then people don't go oh man I love oh, Dimitri exactly <laughs> like, <laughs> it's so yeah uh, big shout out to him um,
2: and he was on the show I don't remember which episode I remember Yeah, it yeah, yeah. yeah I never oh, yeah. remember Good cat man Good cat so, yeah. But that's like
0: Yeah I I could literally do Like literally just Like a whole hour Of literally just Giving shout outs And thanking people Good who, man That's great Who have Helped put me In the position That I am Or Position that I'll be in um, You know I, I could literally go on For a very Very long time uh, I would say that To anybody Like and I, like, I've been blessed And very, very uh, lucky in that form of fashion I, I realize everybody doesn't have that all the time Right. But I would say for anybody who does mm-hmm. Like, acknowledge that mm-hmm. Like, know that Like, yeah. it, this don't happen just by accident It didn't happen alone People looked out for me in my entire life Who did not have to look out for me Yeah. And I like I said, I could go on and on and I'm sure I'll miss somebody But Absolutely. they knew. I Make sure I tell them too and Make sure you tell you them te- Make okay. sure you tell them
1: on listeners, Christian Swain again with something every podcast listener and music junkie needs to hear. As I'm sure you can guess, I listen to a lot of podcasts.
2: okay so much to unpack here <laughs> because this is good so an underlying thread in all of the episodes is the sense of gratitude mm-hmm. and reverence absolutely right and something that i always say yes be grateful and have the reverence for those who've come before you but also be vocal and tell people mm-hmm. so it's perfect that you said that
0: yeah you that gotta let them know don't yeah. just
2: call people when you're looking for something
0: Oh yeah, no, you can't do that at all Because you gotta, that's the thing, my dad always told me Like, you know, lay at working and stuff Whatever, like the industry, it's about developing relationships mm-hmm. And people think that that means Like, developing a relationship Like, strictly just like a work one Like, strictly just Right, like, They they, they work Right, they right. think it's strictly like, oh, like, this is somebody who could put me on So I'm gonna, like, get cool with them And, and, and the, that, the opening sentence is who you hitting with Exactly, and that's, that's not really end. the move I can honestly tell you that Obviously, I've gotten a lot of work from, you know, recommendations as far as just playing and whatnot, but the majority of my work, and especially like the real quality work, has come from literally situations or people that would be my friends or my brothers or sisters if we didn't play music. Right. Like me and the Mejorini boys, regardless. Just be hanging out. Uh, Another amazing friend of mine uh, Maurice Ellis Um, oh oh, my god an amazing incredible bass player okay but you know I've I've gotten so many opportunities and work through him me it's funny me and Maurice uh me Maurice and Demetri used to have this this triangle Ah. basically where we would just all we throw work to each other that's awesome Um, but yeah Maurice is another incredible guy incredible friend of mine incredible bass player musician um, but again, like a lot of opportunities that I've gotten, in the situations have come from people who are legit my friends. Right. People who we don't call each other talking about some, you know, what can you do for me or what are you doing music-wise? It's, it's straight up like, yo, what up? Just checking in. Just, you yeah. good? What's up? Yeah, exactly. How's the fam? How's the, how's the crib? the we'll me Yeah, hey. just hang. Hey, you know, that kind of okay. stuff. Like, it ain't got to be... We ain't never gonna talk about music, you right? Know what I'm saying? We love it, so we do talk about it. But a
2: good friend of mine, when I was in Nashville, uh, a, pro- a big producer out there named Mookie, mm-hmm. Mookie Taylor, yeah. he had a lot of records with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he would always say, "Man, I can't stand cats in the industry when they just want to talk about where." He's like, "Man." Everybody's working. When you're at this level, we're all working. Exactly. We're all doing something <laughs> Who the fuck cares? And I'm the same way. Mm-hmm. And then he moved to New York, and I would go visit him in New York. And he's he's not from New York, but he has a very New York mentality, very mm-hmm. straightforward, much like we're talking about with you, yep. and obviously myself. <laughs> it's like, I don't want to hear it. You know, it's like just shut up, man. How are you exactly. doing? How is your family? How's your children? What are you up to? You exactly. know, and not the first words out of your mouth. Yo, man, you still hitting with so and so? Yo, I just did this session over here But really? Yeah. That's how you measure quality of life?
0: Yeah, it's it's hard yeah. for cats It it Like, I'm not with it But it is hard for cats yeah. I feel like outside of the circle To understand that Because like when yeah. you're not in it You're not in it you're So you don't really know it. any better yeah, that's I, true. I have my pops You know, out of, out of anybody Who's done anything for me musically And just personally Obviously pops at the top Tremendous, absolutely So he was always in it So I always had a bunch of you know, knowledge and experience and firsthand mm-hmm. kind of with that industry stuff even before I was in the industry. Right. So I learned that from him. You know, he, right. him, and all his friends were the guys. They yeah. were the guys. Yeah, I love that. And everybody else just wants to be like, oh man, this guy, this guy, that this guy, yeah. Yeah, that, that. you know, music, 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 tuber, tuber, tuber. And yeah. you know, my dad and them, they were like basketball football yeah like chilling. you know what I'm saying? how's the family like yeah, food relax. barbecue like yeah, that, they didn't care about that stuff
2: yeah a gig is a gig is a gig it's not gonna change yeah. whether it's a tour or a session or whatever it is yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah yeah love that good stuff all right so let me let me ask about this first of all i forgot to mention by the way you play bass and drums yes i
0: do so again I play, yeah is that something you picked up just by being in church? So, well, so honestly, I feel like 80% of Chicago bass players were drummers first. Right. That's why I say There's so many, because yeah, you grow up in church and you just see the, you see the drums, when want to play drums. Everybody, Everybody wants, wants to play drums, yeah. though. And then there's everybody's good at drums. So uh, eventually some of us wised up and we ended up... <laughs> you move over. Oh, yeah, we, we just <laughs> went over one position and moved oh, up to the bass. No. And we was like, hey, there's not as many people over here. There you go. Um, yeah, so I, I started playing drums first. Okay. And then I, I didn't start playing bass till I was actually 16. Wow. Yeah, it was, uh, mm-hmm. I was listening to this album my auntie had, uh, Fred Hammond, Pages of Life, Chapter 3. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah, man. Fred Hammond. I was like, Come yo, on. what is what it is this is, thing is. that that yeah. bass, and I, you know what's funny? I didn't know it was Fred. Uh, I didn't know that yeah, it was he played Fred. and sang. I yeah, and I didn't know that it was Fred and produced, playing bass. Yeah, he did it all. Because yeah. so much of what I heard like from the last stuff was obviously Maurice Fitzgerald, Terrence Palmer, yada yada songs like on all that kind yep. of stuff. But yeah, that album made me wanna play bass. And I was like, yeah, I wanna play bass. And my dad, and mom, they bought me a bass. That's awesome. And they brought me like a little first act. You there know, you go. Yeah, all yeah, like yeah, crappy yeah, bass over there just to see if I'll stick with it. And then you did. Oh yeah, I I everything else stopped. Everything man. else stopped I didn't care about Anything in life Except for that base
2: I love that Hey speaking of what You remember Anthony Harmon Of course Oh man He was my dear friend Again God rest his soul He mm-hmm. left way too soon Yeah I worked with him With Yolanda Adams ah. And when you said Fred Hammond mm-hmm. That made me think of him Because we were In that circle together Yeah absolutely um, It's a
0: small circle too That's the music industry It
2: is So how about Tyrone Dickerson And Virgil Stratford Did you run across those guys I did not actually Okay They might have been before Yeah they were before your time Because mm-hmm. they were that's the cats I came up with, mm-hmm. but they were both Chicago guys, both keyboard players nice. and music directors that we all worked with Yolanda at the same time, mm-hmm. and Donnie McClurkin, yep. there a lot of people in that uh, that that era of mm-hmm. gospel, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah, okay. So something else I want to talk about studio etiquette because we know (laughs) we know touring is different touring has its own etiquette studio etiquette because and i'm bringing this up we just did a session a couple weeks ago like i said earlier uh tell us about how you you know how you learned about studio etiquette what did you learn
0: how did i learn about studio etiquette um that's a good question actually, I don't have ever thought about it. And it
2: simply means like the protocols in the studio, yeah. a lot of cats are so used to playing on tour and you can kind of, you have a lot of freedoms that when you're in the studio, it's not that you don't have freedom, of course you do, to play whatever you want, but you still have to follow the protocol, exactly. you know, you have the artist, the producer, which is similar to being on stage. It seems a little bit more uh, focused, and yeah. dialed
0: in. It's definitely studio. more focused and dialed in. You actually hit it. Um, the biggest thing is you have to switch from you have to switch from just a musician to being a producer. That's right. And um, I think that's been the biggest thing for me. Um, you know, pops and other people was always telling me like, music is a language, and so the purpose of a language the purpose of a language is to communicate. So whatever your language you're using, whether it be English, Spanish, music, whatever, you wanna be communicating something. But you have to be aware of what it is trying to communicate. But especially when you're playing for artists, more so when you're playing in a studio, trying to record something, you're trying to communicate something that somebody else is trying to communicate. So you That's need to right. communicate their message. That's it. And so really like honing into that. In the studio and live from as well, but more so in the studio because it's on wax. That's right, it's permanent. I love that it's on wax. I love it. So, really, just tapping in into like what the artist is trying to do and their vision and figuring it out together. Right. Um, and going to that producer mindset of like, okay, I'm not trying to do this cool thing right here. I'm not trying to be seen. Or heard, or whatever. I'm trying to do my job in this communication team that we are right here, and so you studying. So first of all, studying records. Like yeah. people need to study records, and that's a big thing. My dad always said he was like YouTube is going to be like the demise of a lot of young musicians mm-hmm. because, um, you know, I mean, like I'm I'm still young, but yeah. I'm old enough that YouTube was definitely not around. Yeah, for like a very long time. Right.
2: You YouTube still had records, matter. whether it was tapes, CDs, vinyl, doesn't yeah. matter. You still had to play a record. Yeah, yeah. my generation
0: didn't grow up with YouTube. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. that wasn't the thing. Yeah, yeah. So we had records, yeah. and I was in Chicago, so you had to go see live performances. But on yeah. YouTube, you know, every chop, every, yeah. lick, every yeah. lick, every special thing. That's that's awesome. You man. just eat it up, eat it up, eat it up, eat it up. Yeah. And so you keep watching these 45 second clips of these musicians doing crazy things, yeah. which are crazy and yeah. amazing. Ridiculous. But yeah. the crazy thing about it is we, we don't, you don't learn how to play a record. That's right. You just get this 45 seconds. And the funny thing is, like, 95% of those people that's doing those 45 seconds, all of them know how to play records. That's right. Because they're, they're playing records and, like, that's they're right. playing for artists and touring and stuff like that. And so, yeah, like, I would say that cats cast needs to study records. Like, what did they do? Like, all those records you love, whether it be... Mm-hmm. It could be you know new stuff or the older stuff, but like check out that stuff, whether it be Fred Hammond, Yolanda Adams, whether it be Earth, Wind and Fire, Michael Jackson, uh, Sting, Journey. Well, let's like start that. flipping it exactly because the other day
2: I called you for like a folk rock Absolutely. Session, you know, and I knew that you would be able to handle it because mm-hmm. you you know the vernacular for so many different styles, and that goes back to what your dad said yep. right?
0: about the languages. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. My dad, he was he he's the reason why I'm versatile. Yeah. I he, love that. He knew what the industry was going to be yeah. by the time I got to it. And he knew that I needed to be versatile. So he was like, you need to learn how to do this. You need to learn how to read. You need to learn how to different styles of music. You need that's to, right. That's why I learned how to play upright bass. That's right. how to play synth bass. <laughs> Um different styles of music. The cruise ships help with that tremendously. Yes. Going to the other styles and whatnot. Jazz, that does all that stuff tremendously. Music theory and just like your training what stuff.
2: What I told you in the email for that session
0: was like, don't, no,
2: don't put no <laughs> funk in my folk That's right. <laughs> right. No funk in that folk. Now I love funk mm-hmm. and I love fu- I love it all. You yep. know, so and, and right there you knew the type of session it was gonna be. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even have to tell you, you brought your upright anyway. Because you just said, you know what, just in case. Mm -hmm. And that's something that's really important, and that impressed me because I'm the same way. If I get called for a session, I'm going to bring half of this studio. (laughs) (laughs) I got every kind of a dobro, a a slide guitar, you know, a lap steel, you know, whatever. It's 12 string, nylon string, steel string, electric strat, telecasters, Les Pauls, every pedal known to man, three, four, five amps, you know you got to be prepared
0: yeah absolutely because sounds is like when you're in the studio i would say that sounds is probably the the biggest factor the number one yeah. it's not even a matter of can you play if you're in the studio generally everybody can play that's right it's not about how impressive you are that's right it's, it's a lot about sounds that's right like, and so yeah i just i heard one of the songs and i was like you know, you, you told me what to bring. So of course, follow instructions. So yeah. I'm gonna bring what you told me to bring. Yeah. That's so that's there you go studio etiquette. Like right, a, right. Lot, a lot of people, especially young cats and people, oh. they just don't follow instructions. Oh. I'm like literally it says right here what to do. Oh. Like what do you <laughs> mean you didn't It's right there. Read it. Yeah, and like take the okay. time to read. Read your emails.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh. Read your text. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about that. <laughs> read your emails. Read your text messages Then read them again And read Yes Follow instructions And it's like If you see something And you don't want to overstep Like I'm not the producer See what I'm saying I'm the bass player That's right So But I heard this thing And I was like and, you know, a lot of producers, especially you, like, y'all are open to, you know, like, if you call somebody, you, you trust them, you trust their opinion. You're bringing so your you A-game, so I want to hear your yeah. yeah, Yeah, so yeah. you make sure you don't overstep. But I was right. just like, hey, like, this one song, like, the upright could probably work really well on that. So I'm going to bring it, have the option, let you know, hey, just so you know, I brought the upright in case you want to, like, use it on something. Right. And it uh-huh. actually ended up working really great on that song. Um, yeah, that's, that's a good time.
1: I love that.
2: All right, now switching gears, let's go to tour life. Mm-hmm. We're on stage, we're at sound check, mm-hmm. and everybody starts looking at their shoes because there's that one cat in the band <laughs> yeah. that is being super difficult. Yeah. What do you do?
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, like, I. It's rare that. In this industry, like, once you in the industry, like, so everybody can play. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's rare that you find people that play, who are so incredible yeah. that they can be an asshole. <laughs> like, that's super rare.
2: That's so, I mean, that's we're super talking... Rare.
0: But the crazy thing about yeah. it, and when I say Percentile it's, yes. is so minute. We're talking like, yeah, we're talking yeah. like one, two percentile
2: yeah. people. that Jocko
0: like, got away with that. Exactly. Like, you, you, gotta, you got to be Jocko. Miles yeah. got away with yeah. that. Yeah, exactly. But <laughs> yeah. outside of that, but the funny thing about it is, like, those are people who are that incredible yeah. that they could be an asshole. The yeah. funny thing about it is, most people who are that incredible are not assholes. Ass- that's what I was saying. Exactly. So, so when you're not that incredible, yeah. and you're causing problems... Ooh. That's not like you're gonna have a bad That's time. Not good it's not gonna work out for you because regardless uh, of how dope you are, yeah. there's literally 16 other people uh, at any point in time. There's probably 30 other people, if not more, that can do this job. And out of those 30 people, I firsthand know 10 of them exactly immediately. <laughs> so if you put those numbers together collectively, collectively for the band, mm-hmm. let's say you have a
2: band of five to six people, right. and each person knows 10, 15, exactly. 20 people.
0: Like that. You just got a hundred people that can come and fill that chair. Exactly. Because you yeah. wanna you wanna have an attitude <laughs> exactly. about about Yeah, it's so even if stuff is like subpar or yeah. not up to your standards or whatever, right. like you're here to do a job.
2: Right. If the gear isn't good or, exactly.
0: or if the accommodation's backstage or it just kind of whack or But you're here to do a job. That's right. And it's like you can either do your job or you can't. And if we've been real honest about it, if certain equipment stuff or whatever is gonna make it a little bit more difficult, yes mm-hmm. But if that kind of stuff makes you unable to do your job, yeah. then we really need to look at you and assess like how good of a musician are you? Then like you're not able to make this work. Like so, you telling me that from the ground up, you always had top of the line equipment. Yeah. Like you don't remember what it's like to have bad equipment and still make it work and still be killing. And. Nobody's going to care about that. Like, you're the one that's been difficult. People don't want people to be difficult. They want somebody that's going to step up to the plate, that's get right. the job done regardless. That's right. They gonna People like to go with work. People like to go with what works. That's right. Especially in this industry. They're not always looking for the new pan or the new sound or yeah. whatever. That's not as common with me. Yeah. People do it gig. If it went well, nobody caused problems. When they get called to do it again, they'll just be like, hey, call those people that did it the last time. That's right. right? But if what they remember from that last time, is you acting crazy, they're going to remember that. Then yeah, you're not. And then they're gonna, okay, so don't call that guy, though, because that wasn't fun. And
2: kidding.
0: so being a diva, or a bit, it's also, it's not about you. That's the thing that musicians got to realize, like, especially back in musicians. Like, it's not about you. You want to be about you, you need to do a solo act. Do your own thing. Yeah, yeah. But when you go to do somebody, you go and play somebody else's music, you're doing a job for somebody else. Like, go there, show up, have your fun, play the music, get your check, Go home. That ain't hey, like it's amen. that simple. My dad taught me that. Like it's it's really that simple. And that's why I love
2: your Dad, and, and all the, all the people out there with that same spirit. And that's what I embrace. It's so true because what you just said, you nailed it on the head. So
0: yeah. So yeah, it, those situations can get real awkward real fast when somebody's acting a diva. You don't want to do that. You just want to kind of. Keep your head down, you know what I'm saying? If, if things are literally that out of control, then go find who's ever in charge. Find the music director, and talk, to like them talk to them and Let them handle it. Talk to them in private. You right. don't wanna make a scene. Don't
2: make a scene, that's right. And be diplomatic when you do pull them aside. Absolutely. And don't do it in the middle of a soundcheck when you can clearly see they're being stretched in five different directions. <laughs> yeah. Wait until after, and maybe not even after, wait until the next morning when you're at the airport and you're not doing anything mm-hmm. and you're walking around and you're going to get a bagel and coffee hey bro can i chat with you for a minute yeah sure what's, what's up hey listen man i just got to be honest with you you know i'm not used to these conditions of some things happening you know i just wanted to talk to you in private mm-hmm. you know blah 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 and then you you, know, you might be surprised this music director might come back she might be like Oh, I couldn't agree with you more. I'm so mm-hmm. sorry, but you know, hang in there with me because I'm already talking to management to straighten it out. Right.
0: Maybe they're gonna say that, right? Exactly. Especially if you already you know? if you did the job. Yeah. And you made it work. Like nobody's gonna be upset with you. Like exactly. you be. Exactly. De- Communication is important. The way you communicate is super important. Gotcha. But you at all times, especially on the gig, you want to make sure that you are. You want to make sure you're definitely not causing a problem. That's right. You don't always you don't always have to solve problems, but you need to make sure you're not causing them. Ah. Because so nobody wants that. People just like they got enough to deal with. There's there's people above you. There's managers, there's MDs, there's artists, That's tour right. managers. They got more stuff to deal with than you got to deal with. That's right. And then you want to come in and cause her a problem because <sighs> you don't have the exact whatever that you feel like you should have. It. And okay, yeah, maybe you should have it. But if you don't have it, we're here now. That's it. That's it. it These look, are... Ears are ears are not working, ears are terrible, take one out. Take one? oh
2: i used to say that all like, the time you gotta make, it's, it's
0: not optimal you, but so if what? your ear mix is
2: <laughs> then guess what
0: take one out take or
2: if you have to take them both out yeah and just re, re, rely on on this what's happening on deck i would mm-hmm. call it whatever wedges are around or side fills or if you're close enough to the edge and you can kind of hear the front mm-hmm. of house deal with it man yeah. do, do what you got to do
0: i think half of it for me is i kind of never uh hopefully i keep this yeah. for the rest of my life but i I feel like I always still have this green this green like outlook or attitude towards Absolutely. this kind of stuff. I love it. I, like, I know where I came from. Yeah. I know what kind of situations and conditions that I dealt with. And they weren't like the best in the beginning but you don't really realize that in the time. You're just having fun. That's right. I'm going to swap out your G. It's not green. It's grounded. Grounded? Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, I'll Yeah. So I just, you keep that yeah. grounded feeling. I, you know, I walk into situations where uh, like there was a particular situation that I know about where yeah stuff wasn't optimal apparently. Yeah. And there was one person, there's people in that gig that was like complaining and like, yo, this sucks and this ain't right. And me on the other hand, I was like, this is literally better than anything that I'm used to. So I was like, I'm having a good time. I got home with my little North with Exactly. Apartment. I don't know y'all. I'm having a great time. This is crazy. But I yeah, get yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like everybody's tied to their own opinion. I get it. Yeah. But hopefully I just I that's my generally my outlook on on most things And I'm just like This is crazy Like I'm getting paid I'm getting paid To do this To do this Like And you weren't a, making 50
2: bucks You were making some good money am exactly. assuming
0: Yeah Like there, there's so many things that I, I remember one time I was on uh, I was on Soul Train Crew <laughs> With the Isley Brothers Oh yeah yeah And I don't know I was just in this place In the life Where I was just Really just realizing How crazy it is Like Where my life is at, mm-hmm, at, that, mm-hmm. at And this was some years ago my life's literally gotten crazier in a great way since then. But literally, yeah. at that moment, I was just, I was on the side of the cruise ship, on the Soul Train cruise, and I'm looking out into the ocean. It's beautiful. I'm yeah. playing some of the best music, the that's, ever, that is, music that's, that's ever been ever recorded, been recorded yeah, in yeah, the history yeah. of life. Yeah, yeah. I grew up listening to these guys, yeah, and yeah. S- somehow... Nice. Somehow, long and behold, I, for some share. reason, got the opportunity to play bass yeah. with them. Shout out to him, Maurice Fitzgerald, Love Calvin right. Rogers, all those guys. Love, Love those guys. Yeah. I'm just looking out, and I was just, I thought to myself, I was like, yo, I'm having such a blast and an yeah. incredible time. And then I, like, remembered after all of that, I was like, yo, I forgot. I get paid for this. Mm. And so I really just thought, and I was like, yo, can you, like, I get paid mm mm-hmm to do something mm-hmm. that I pretended to do before I even understood, <laughs> when you were before I even understood the concept of <laughs> currency. Wow. Like, before I even knew what currency was, before yeah, I yeah. knew what money was, yeah. before I knew anything about bills. Yeah. Like, I pretended to do this thing, wow. and now, right. somebody pays me to do it for real. Yeah, that is p- insane. It's You know, do something you love and you never have to work a day. Exactly. Anymore. And I feel like, and, and it's gonna be work sometimes, sometimes. but that's fine. But yeah. I feel like that kind of mindset, it keeps me, like you said, grounded and green to the point where, when stuff isn't optimal, I'm like that this not being optimal, it can't compete with the fact that I get paid to do something that I That's pretended right. to do when I was a kid. Man, and so yeah, I don't know. Just have a good time. That's so beautiful because
2: in closing, I was gonna ask for you know your words of wisdom mm-hmm. and uh, how you how you define success, and it sounds like you know. Those are good words of wisdom. What do you think about that success thing?
0: How do I define success? Um, Me, personally, I define success by... That I get to do... Success for me has been... I for real get to do what I love to do. And more so that I've been able to get to the level or reach the level where me loving what I do and me doing it actually provides Mm -hmm. sustainability for me to keep doing it. That's right. I, you know, I pay my bills with this thing. That's right. I I eat my food with these things. I, whatever it is that I'm doing, I, I buy equipment to do these things. And I define that as, it's like a circle of I just want to play music and be part of great music all the time. And it's me doing the music that enables me to keep doing music i I define that success for me it doesn't have to be like i'm make this much money or this a millionaire or whatever like that like money comes money goes but especially now and for a while now like just i do what i want to do like with my days Mm -hmm.
2: i love love it that's it I'm grinning ear to ear because basically, forgive me, and yes, this is a plug <laughs> for the whole concept. Oh, absolutely. But you just described the mission, our mission statement. Oh, we're... Empowering musicians with strategies for a sustainable career. Yes. And that's basically it. Yes. That is the definition of success mm-hmm. from my viewpoint, and you just echoed it, and I think everybody kind of agrees with that, you know, in some way, shape, or form.
0: Yeah. And real quick, I definitely want to, like, first of all, thank you for having me. Like, oh, man. Absolutely course. my pleasure. But also just thank you for... Doing this in the first place, the career musician, like this kind of stuff is important, and people need to hear this stuff coming from real people. Real people doing because there's always, you know, there's a certain whatever, and like people think that you know, inaccessibility of getting to these cats, but you have cats on here who really know what's up. That's right. right. In the industry, and like I talk about real stuff, and that's
2: right.
0: You know, yeah, this. This would have been, I got to have this experience kind of personally in Chicago, but yes. so many people don't get to have that. That's right. And so you're providing like an outlet for, you know, younger cats and older cats, anybody kind of outside to be able to get like a good look on the inside. So thank you. Like, I appreciate that. That's
2: Absolutely. Cool. Man, you're welcome. And thank you. I, I appreciate you saying that, mm-hmm. man. Look, I was with Babyface as uh, for a decade as his mm-hmm. music director. And two years before that as a guitar player. So 12 years total. That's longevity. At exactly. Exactly. And that was something, and again, just like you shout out to Dimitri, I shout out to my boy, Ray Islas, because he turned me on to this gig. Uh, He introduced me to Rob Lewis, and then I ended up working with Rob Lewis, and then this turned into this long-standing gig, you know? So again, it's always a chain of events, and there's always people that you can connect the dots to. Mm -hmm. Once again, always go back and and thank those people, you know? Show gratitude, reverence, and uh, you know, man, you truly are the epitome um, of what I consider to be an A class career musician. Oh, thank you,
0: I appreciate sure. that. Yeah, bro. And real quick, I would super deep. I would be very remiss, and I'd have a big problem if I didn't give a shout out to my mom. Hey, I talked about my dad, musician but obviously, right. like straight up, I'd just be straight up dead <laughs> if it wasn't for a mom. Well, if it wasn't for them, we wouldn't be here in the first place. Well, yeah, <laughs> but even just after that, like would without her protection,
2: now their the support, yeah, you her protection, school. her support, mm-hmm. her advice, yes. her wisdom.
0: The 10th anniversary, I just be straight up dead.
2: That's right. So, definitely shout outs to mom. Amen to that. (laughs) And the parents who, for those, like, it sounds like your parents were the same as mine, they they encouraged us, they cultivated the gift Mm -hmm. instead of uh, uh, squelched it. Now, if you have parents who are trying to encourage you not to do music, then that's another set of challenges. But guess what? There's people out there who can relate to that, because they've been through it. So reach out. Don't be afraid to reach out to people, right? Because, mm-hmm. you, you know, when you... Again, communication. You talk, you learn, oh, uh, this this experience isn't isolated to me. Other people have experienced this, and then you can learn from them. Mm-hmm. Right? Absolutely. All right. You ready for some rapid fire? Oh, yeah, let's do it. E-money, I need those rapid fires. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, bro. All right. Hey, and you know what? Since we're given. That will be an edit point since we're giving big shout-outs. Big shout out to Eric G over there on the Pro Tools woops, woops. engineer chair. Hey, hey, My right hand. Yeah, man. Pro Tools out the Pro Tools. <laughs> yeah, I see. Because Pro Tools is the best audio recording in my opinion. Hey, he I said mean. it, but I also co
0: Okay, you cosign. I yes. like it. I like it. <laughs> Alright, you ready? Drum roll, please.
2: bam. Hidden talents.
0: Hidden talents. Ooh. Keep it on the quick. Keep it on the uh, quick. Hidden talents, hidden talents. Uh I am learning how to play keys a little bit, trying to, you know, get into that a little bit. It's not nah, I'm not great, but I like it. Don't know
2: that. I like it. As an entertainer,
0: you entertain people all the time. What entertains you? Well, I, I am obsessed with action movies. I cannot action get movies. enough of them. Oh, long. my God. Action movies. Yo, if you haven't seen uh, Shang-Chi, Legend of the Ten Rings. Shang-Chi, yeah. Amazing. Go good? check that
2: out. Okay, we'll check it out. Musical Guilty
0: Pleasure. Musical Guilty Pleasure. You listening to some Britney or what? Uh, <laughs> okay, There's one particular song that I'm obsessed <laughs> with, true. I don't care. Uh, Molly Cyrus, Party in the USA. I'm sorry. That's just a good That's a great song.
2: damn pop song. It's just a great
0: song. Exactly. <laughs> it's a good time. I don't care what anybody uh, Electric or Acoustic? Well, uh, I'm going to go with... Electric. Last movie you saw in theaters? Uh, uh, Legend, uh, Shang-Chi, Legend of the Ten Rings. Favorite, favorite food? Favorite uh, food? Barbecue chicken wings. Ah, I like it. Three tour essentials. Can't leave home without Three me. tour essentials. Well, you need your phone. Yeah. Your, your instrument. Uh, I'm going to say my laptop. I have to bring my laptop. Bam. Home. Love it. Favorite decade of music? Oh, easily the 80s. Song or band that changed your life? Ooh, song or band that changed my life? Uh, Fred Hammond. Uh pages alive so the song that probably changed my life was uh da, 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 show yourself strong love it yeah your
2: friends would say you are ridiculous ridiculous, ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> introvert
0: extrovert i don't even have to ask that i already know. <laughs> extrovert i'm actually both i'm a you can be both i'm a i'm an extroverted introvert actually
2: i like it yeah. i think i can relate to that mm-hmm. i'm so, so many of us creative types studio or live that's tough. I know. I'm gonna go with live. Live, okay, yeah. all right. Yeah, are you are you like to show off? or you a showman in front of the stage? Check no. out check out my solo. No, I'm okay. actually a really chill dude. I, I, I play bass. I like I'm messing with, with you.
0: Oh,
2: yeah. No, I hired you. <laughs> and you was like, "Yo, give me something." <laughs> you no, know, you did great. Man. You crushed it. Driver or passenger? Oh, passenger. I can't stand driving. Okay, shopping online or in store? Online. What do you spend your money on?
0: music plugins production (laughs) stuff like i keep saying that i need to (laughs) i have a joke where i say i need to start selling crack so i can like support my producing habit (laughs) there (laughs) you go top three artists in your playlist uh shocker my favorite of all time yeah and then i'm gonna have to go with the earth wind and fire yeah and uh probably it's close it is it's gonna be like Aretha or Michael, but yeah, okay. coming you know, to the old school stuff. I love it. I love it. Last
2: concert you attended that you did not play? Mm.
0: That's actually funny. I don't really go to concert often. I know. Last concert I. I went to that I didn't play, and then we had COVID, so I'm. Yeah, I know, right? It's Been a while. I don't know. I might have to come back to that one. Okay.
2: Favorite restaurant here in LA. <laughs>
0: So many. You, everybody will hate this, but also maybe know this. Denny's.
2: <laughs> Denny's. Denny's is my okay. favorite restaurant That's nationwide. <laughs> That's global, but Denny's. But there's so many. I in remember LA. you talking about this. I like, always oh talk about Denny's. I'm like, oh my gosh, Denny's. I gotta teach you some real fun, baby. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> instrument you wish you played. I know you said keys that you're working on, but something you. I wish that I played
0: guitar. It's actually my favorite all instrument out right, of right, all right. of them, but I don't. I, I don't know how to play it at all. All
2: right, all right. Relaxation. Method of choice, as in libation, drink, or weed, or what?
0: Uh, I don't do any of that. I oh, just, of my people. favorite thing is actually just to go to an empty movie theater. Go to a movie Ooh, set, like by myself, it. like 3 o'clock in the afternoon, nobody's you there. Mean, that is the
2: best time. Love it. I like that. I better. like getting a big bucket of popcorn, <laughs> and some candy, and a big old soda. Man. Yeah. All right. Favorite city? Chicago. Sorry, of I'm like, I call it the second New York. Yeah, all right, it's I'm New with York's that. Cousin. I'm yeah. with that. New York is my favorite. Right. Absolutely. Dream collab. You've collaborated with a lot of greats. So you dream collab. Dream
0: collab. Uh, yeah, it'd be Shaka Khan. Shaka. She's my favorite of all time. Oh, that'll man. happen, man. So that would yeah. be. Yeah. That's the I'm Gooch.
2: He no longer plays with it though but he was the MD for a long time. Go for right? a very yeah. long time. Yeah, and he's yeah. Okay, shout out to Goucher, yes. The Gooch. Last thing. You ready? Mm-hmm. What would you do if you weren't a career musician?
0: If I wasn't a career musician, what would I do? I would probably something in sports. Maybe try to be like a, you know, maybe play. I don't know, like in, not not in the NBA or in that but maybe like some kind of overseas or something like that. I probably would have tried to do that. Mm. Some type of athlete, whether it be basketball or football. So
2: you, I was gonna ask you about football too. Mm-hmm. You seem like you'd be good. in football Oh yeah, I played football, football back in the day. Back, that was you. back in my golden days. You know, and yeah, 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 right. it had his gut. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Chris, Thiggy, Thiggin, I love you, man. Thank you so much. Yes, I love you too, man. That's
0: me. Absolutely.